Hello, I'm Caroline Wassing, filling in for the lovely Cami Davis as she's sipping coffee in Seattle. Welcome to Art on the Airwaves. Today we have some special guests from a cool program based in our community called Life Art. Life Art stands for Live, Inspire, Freedom of Expression, which focuses on providing youth in our community a positive outlet with art and caring mentorships. Hi guys, can you introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Jillian Stern. Hi, I'm Carla Lopez. And I'm Adrian Chavez, along with Phil Ortega. Hi, guys. How are you today? Good. Yes, as well. <laughs> I'm pretty good. Okay. So, Phil Ortega, um, how did Life Art begin? Well, a couple of years ago, um, I was uh, working in my auto shop. I uh, paint hot rods is kind of my therapy, if you will. And uh, a couple of kids were in the back of my shop, and uh, they were actually tagging the back of my shop. They were, they were spray painting, and um, I was kind of upset. And uh, being an ex-Marine, I was, uh, uh, wanted to do something about it. So I, I said, uh, slow um, and deadly, I approached the uh, young, young guys, and here's what happened. It, it changed my life um, because when I approached these guys, they had stated that uh, they were leaving a mural in respect to their brother, the brother and the cousin that had committed suicide in 2009. And uh, I wanted to do something about it. I don't, didn't know exactly what to do, but with some support from Jackson County, a uh, fantastic uh, lady um, by the name of Michelle Morales, and with uh, Una Voz Latino Leadership and, and Advocacy, we uh, created this program called Life Art, and it stands for Live, Inspire, Freedom of Expression that helps young people deal with anxiety through art and uh, caring mentorships. So, Adrian, you're the youth gallery manager, correct? Correct. How would you describe the space? Um, I would describe the space as not your usual kind of art gallery space, which is what I really like about it. Because, you know, some people think of an art gallery, you think of this really refined kind of fancy building that you can't talk in. You know, you just kind of look at the art. But what I like about art gallery is that it's, it's much different than that. Because it's a place to socialize, meet new people, and overall work on more projects that you need to get done. And it's just a place to come and have fun, you know? Absolutely. It sounds great. So, Jillian, you go to South Medford High School, and are you a senior? Yeah, I am a senior now. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> what does creating art in the life art space differ from, say, um, doing it at your house? Um, it's a lot more of a comfortable area. The people give off a really good vibe. It's just really lively, and yeah. Pretty chill. <laughs> so, Carla, you go to RCC. Um, can you describe to us what GEMS is and what it stands for? So, GEMS is, stands for Girls Expressing Many Strengths, and it's an all-after-school girl program that is graded towards helping young teens learn to cope with stressors in a healthy manner through art, to artistic techniques and experience, and it also helps you communicate and have support of other people around your community. Can you describe your involvement with the middle school's GEMS group? Um, so we meet every Wednesday from 1 to 2.30, and this is just like a space where girls can just come in, we hang out, we talk, we do art together, and yeah, that's all we do. We do a lot of things together. Yeah, you know, Carla, when... Um White Mountain Middle School invited us uh, a couple years ago to do GEMS. Um, would you say that the, the kids um, have been re receiving your support? Because when you started, you were a high school student, right? Yes. And, and 
how did it feel being a high school student going back to your White City community to help run this program? Well, I didn't have this um, in my school. So... Um, I didn't have this in my school. I went to McLaughlin Middle School, but I live right across from White Mountain, and now my brother goes there. So not me, not having it at my school when I was, like, in a middle school kid, it was, I felt like I couldn't really talk to anyone, and now since I, I started with Phil, like, doing the girls' group and everything, I feel like the girls have, like, now a better understanding of, have a space where they can just go and be themselves and talk about anything they want. And it's something I didn't have in middle school. So I feel like it's a really good group where girls can just go and... See, for, for our listeners, um, when we started Life Art, it, we learned a lot about our community. And here's, here's kind of the gist of it, that we as young people... Um, I'm sorry, young people need adults that are caring and supportive. But we're all social beings and... Uh, after we have all the materials we need um, from childhood um, for onwards, we need to feel valued and appreciated. Uh, we need friends. We need more sociable societies. We need to feel useful and then be appreciated for, for our involvement. And I think that's what Life Art gives our community. Our, our youth need to feel that they have a voice that is valued. And so what I like about the GEMS program, it provides after-school programs to help the young people in our community feel connected. And so the girls expressing many strengths um, really started from a, a sponsorship uh, through United Way, the Will program. And uh, to United Way listeners out there, thank you so much for supporting Life Art in beginning this project. So Cammy Davis also said that I can be a DJ, so I brought a song, and it's by, it's Myth. I'm Caroline Wasik, filling in for Cammy Davis, and this is Art on the Airwaves. So Adrian, how did you get involved with Life Art? That's actually kind of a funny story that I wasn't expected to answer, but uh, so growing up, I couldn't ever really afford art supplies, and I just never also had a place to kind of show my artistic expression. So I didn't really go down the greatest path of artwork, so I really stuck to like graffiti and things along those lines. And uh, I convinced my mom to buy me some spray cans from a, a local downtown art store known as Central Art. And I arrived and I told her that these were from my room and I really wa did want to paint a mural for my room. <laughs> and there's a couple of guys carrying out these huge panels of artwork from the back of the store. And I remember just checking it out, wondering what it was, because it was wrapped. But anyway, I continued shopping and it was just this wall of spray paint I was picking from. And one of the people poked me on the shoulder, and I, I swung around, and I didn't know who they were. And they asked, hey, what are those spray cans for? And I froze, because I thought it was an undercover cop or anything along those lines. So I looked at my mom like, mom, I'm so sorry, I thought to myself. But uh, it turned out to be Phil Ortega, and he kind of introduced the program, and he talked about it and invited me for a session on Saturday. And I ended up going, and since then, I've been coming a lot lately, and I'm surprised to be where I am now with you guys here. Adrian, do you believe in fate? I mean, not in a logistic way, but I, I do believe that Phil found me through destiny. <laughs> <laughs> you seem to be at the right place at the right time. True. Phil, how has this program grown in the six years of its existence? Well, when we started the program, um, you know, my wife and I were really discussing... Um, 
a need to do something out of the box. And at first it was just a couple of kids at, at uh, my shop. And then by word of mouth, more and more kids started coming where we had to move it to our house. And I actually had to clean my garage out to uh, have sessions on Sundays where we started with, you know, five, six kids. And then pretty soon in a few months, we had grown to about 15, 20. And, um, to the point where our, our neighbors are, were asking, hey, Phil, who are all these people at your house? And uh, we grew and grew until we got 30, 40 kids at our house on a Sunday. And uh, it started costing between 80 to $150 for pizza alone. And uh, then what, we ha- what happened then was we had an opportunity to eventually um, get our own spot, our own little gallery. And for those of you uh, who know um, downtown Medford, uh, our little gallery, the Life Art uh, Gallery, is at 312 Middleford Alley. And we invite anybody to come and check out the space. Uh, we're very fortunate that the Phelps family uh, have given us the opportunity to rent that space from them. So we invite you to come down, check out the spot, uh, 312 Middleford Alley, Saturday from 12 noon to 5 is open to the general public. Thank you. Jillian, you attend South Medford High School. Do you see a need for programs like Life Art? Uh, yeah, definitely. I feel like a lot of people, they don't really have an outlet to go to. Um, as a senior, I know that there are a lot of big stressors. And so I just know that a lot of people need a way to just kind of free their mind for a little while and just get out and do something. Is, this, is art how you stress relief? Yeah, definitely. It definitely just releases a lot of stress from my mind and gets everything off of my head. What is your main medium that you work with? Um, I do a lot of acrylic painting and charcoal. Yeah. Um, Adrian, I know you have worked on a few murals with Life Art. Can you tell me about them? What I really like about the murals, it's just like in general in life, a lot of people want to leave a positive impact. And I think murals are really, really something that like push you towards that goal because I think we worked on the White City Skate Park a while ago, and I think it's really good because I have a lot of friends that also go there, and they skate around, and it's really it's really good feeling having them know like, dude, like Adrian worked on this project, and it's just it gives you like a positive feeling knowing that you helped out the community and improved what was there. And it's just also the relationships that you build that I really look forward to during murals. Because I know a lot of the friends that I have now that I'm really close with, I actually met just working on murals because it's just that exposure to other people and the teamwork and team building you go through. Is the White City Skate Park your favorite mural? I'd have to say the White City Skate Park, yes. And we also worked on an Apple Orchard mural along with the Gems group a while ago. And I really made a lot of new friends in that mural. And I'd say those two. Carla, have you worked on any of the murals? Um, yeah, like Adrian said about the apple orchard and gems, um, we actually try to help, um, try to raise funds to go to Portland and take those girls on a trip. What did you guys do in Portland? Uh, we went to the art museum. We also went to the art institute. It was a really great experience for me and the girls. It was like our first time there, so it's a pretty good experience, and it was super fun. And a lot of those girls, they were the first time actually ever leaving White City. So they were super excited to ride a subway for the first time, ride a bus, and to see art in such a large scale in such a large city. So our next song that I chose is How I Feel by Wax Taylor. So something near and dear to my art is how art helps cope with suicide. 
I lost my brother in 2006 to suicide. I became very isolated to the, from the world. All I would do is stay in my room and kind of try to process what has happened to me. Um, I started painting my feelings because I didn't know how to vocalize how I felt inside. So I would just put it all on canvas. Um, I was a senior in high school when my brother committed suicide. And I became a recluse. All my friends sort of disappeared. They didn't want to deal with my sadness. And they honestly became uncomfortable with how I was acting. I wish I had a program like Life Art when I was dealing with my brother's suicide. One day, one of my friends um, came to me and said, oh, have you heard about this program that Phil Ortega's running from his garage? They meet every Sunday, and they paint, and we just have a good time. And I was like, what is this? I need to get involved with this. And that was five years later. Or in five years later, I am the lead artist and mentor at Life Art. I find it very rewarding building relationships with all these young kids, because I see myself in a lot of these kids. I see them struggle with daily stressors, and I just like to be there as support for them. I, um, me, sorry. Um, build relationships with them, and it's a great feeling when they can come to you and have full trust, knowing that they can confide in basically whatever is going on with them. Um, so, Phil, do you have any data about teen suicide in Oregon? Yes, we do. Um, for our listeners, suicide is the second leading cause of death among youth aged 10 through 24 years of old. A lot of kids are impacted by suicide, unfortunately. And overall, Oregon suicide rates were higher than the U.S. rates in the past decade. From 2012 to 2013, Oregon youth suicide rates were 11 per 100,000, which ranked 14th highest in the United States. Male youth were four times more likely to die by suicide than female youth. When we saw these, this, this data, these statistics, we wanted to do something in life art, and so... And I think that's the power we have in the program is that um, a lot of kids come from different walks of life. And so by not pushing or forcing the subject matter, by, close, by working in close proximity, naturally these conversations start taking place. And in life art, um, when kids are ready, they express themselves. And uh, that's the value I see about working in close proximity with these kids in life art. So organ youth suicide rates are a direct impact to what happens in our community. It affects schools, the culture, the climate, young people's perspective of themselves and how they fit in the community. So what Life Art does is kind of bridges the gap between parenting and school because what we do that's a little out of the box is we provide a safe, comfortable space for people to, when they're ready, have a conversation that's meaningful. And hopefully when those conversations happen, we have the right resources and we know a little bit about the youth to help them get the help they need. What resources are available in our community to help these kids? 
That's a good question. You know, in the last couple of years, Jackson County has done a lot to support our youth. There is actually a youth suicide prevention coalition that meets monthly at downtown at the Health and Human Services new building. It's a beautiful new building. And this group is comprised of a lot of really cool people that are very caring and working on systemic improvements in our community. Um, Some of the discussions um, have gone through um, the table one collaboration to even open up the crisis center. The uh, crisis center is uh, downtown at the HNHS building. And um, what they do uh, at the crisis center is um, they help with coping skills. They help to have a conversation when people might need it. The, um, the center, the um, crisis center drop-in groups are every Tuesdays, from 3 to 4.15, Thursdays from 3 to 4.15, and Fridays from 11 a.m. to 12 noon. Um, There's also a crisis line. Uh, It's 24 hours a day, um, 365 days a year. And if you don't mind, I'd like to share the number. It's 541 area code 774-8201. So anybody in Jackson County that needs a little bit of help uh, 24 hours a day, Call that line, and you'll have the opportunity for a um, somebody to talk to, somebody that's caring on the other side, and um, and hopefully people take advantage of these services. We also have a very cool new to our community um, this position that Jill Jeter is the youth suicide prevention coordinator, and uh, I had an opportunity to watch her yesterday in action. We invited her to come to Jackson County School District Nine, which is Eagle Point, White City, Shady Cove, and Lake Creek. And for the last few weeks, Jill has provided um, a curriculum for youth in our classrooms called Response. And what she does is she teaches the the steps, if you will, to how to help somebody uh, that might need some support. And she gives the resources out to these kids. So in the last few weeks, she's given over 15 um, kind of presentations to health classes uh, and um, in both in school and out of school. And what she's doing today, just today, um, I'm here at the show, but she's actually at one of my classrooms right now at the Upper Rogue Center for Continuing Education, providing the same kind of resources for our schools. So we do have some resources in our community. Um, we invite people to please be part of the solution. And if you like more information, uh, the Jackson County Crisis Center uh, is open for um, anybody to, that wants to get involved or has some more support, needs more support. Um, and just brand new, just you know, in the last month and a half, the White City Family uh, Solutions, I'm sorry, the White City Family Center now has walk-ins for the White City community to receive mental health services or at least an assessment or at least, or if necessary, just talk to somebody that um, is caring. Jillian, have you seen a need for resources at your school to help teens? Um, yeah, there's a lot of tension and just a lot of things that need to be released. Not many people talk about what's going on in their life, so they need a way to express themselves and what's happening. And so I think art is just a really good way of letting things out and showing what's going on. How about you, Adrian? I think my school really runs some great programs, but I believe they don't appeal to the, like all the crowds overall. 
because I know that there are some kids that don't like speaking to counselors one-on-one -on -one or in groups. And also sports programs help a lot with kids, but not all kids are athletic and really like sports or are able to even play sports. But I believe that our school could really use an art-based kind of program to help kids cope with stress because a lot of kids that I know kind of communicate with their canvas to people like because they don't actually like speaking to them, but they like expressing the problems that they have and the emotions that they have and put into the artwork. Yeah, you know, Adrian, that's a good point. You know, I think, um, you, you know, when I when we started this program and the kids were tagging the back of my shop, that's actually what they were doing. They were actually putting their emotions on the back of my shop. And so, um, you, you know, I think the conversation that we had there um, was very meaningful in the fact that somebody was listening in a non-structured way. Um, you know, Caroline, let me ask you this. You know, you're the lead mentor. Um, when are the most meaningful conversations, when do they happen with our kids, in your perspective? I believe the most meaningful conversations happen when we are doing a project as a, a collaborative project as a team, or perhaps even one-on-one. -on -one. You know, when you're with somebody and you're doing art, it's not going to be silent. There might be music in the background, but, you know, you start talking and then all of a sudden you realize that you're talking about life and life problems, and you realize that you guys may have similar struggles together. I think pulling that from an experienced person, somebody that's walked the walk, I think, is what's valuable here. Um, a lot of our kids have gone through a lot of issues, and what I'm seeing is that they're progressing. Um, you know, in the last six years when the program started, we've seen kids progress. Every one of our kids is asked to move forward in life. And that, that doesn't mean, you know, at a fast pace. That means when they're ready to. We help walk the walk with them. And that might look like um, they might need some resources they, that the parents can't afford. So we provide all the free art supplies that they need. Um, but we have some conditions. The conditions we have are they have to attend school. They have to want something better for themselves. And because everybody's a unique individual, we ask them to walk at their pace. Um, some kids are in the GD program. Some are traditional high school diploma. Diploma. Some kids are online. It doesn't matter which program they're on, but we want them to progress. Um, you know, Carla, has that ever like, you know, has have we helped you? How does how does life art? How have we helped you? Um, so when I was a sophomore in high school, I was going through a really hard time focusing on school. And there was no one I could talk to about it because I felt like no one could understand what I was going through. Um, so I had a friend, and he told me, he's like, hey, I just joined this cool group. It's called LifeArt. So I talked to Yolanda, it's Phil's wife, and she introduced me. She told me to come. So we met one, the first day we met, it was at White Mountain Middle School. And I started doing photography, and that's because I, I wasn't, I didn't consider myself a good artist, um, so I started with photography, and I took a lot of pictures, and that's how I would express my feelings, through pictures, and then I started going to the gallery, like, hanging out of Phil's garage, and it just became a family, and I became more comfortable, and now I'm, like, able to talk to people and just share my story, and I feel like someone understands what I'm going through now. You know, my my wife, Yolanda, she works at North Medford High School. And, um, 
you know, for our listeners, you know, I work in Eagle Point School District. My wife works at North Medford High School. And we have, a, a, I think, a, a good reach to the kids. We, we've seen the kids um, at their best, and we've seen the kids at the most vulnerable. Um, and I'd like to share a few helping points for our listeners. When you think someone might be confronting with hard times, uh, I'd ask you to please um, take it seriously. Um, if any, listen for these specific things. If, if someone says, especially a young person says, I can't take this anymore, or I'm going to hurt myself, or I wish I were dead, I'm going to ask you to do these following things. Number one, stay calm. Please don't judge the person. Let's not argue with their choices, and let's treat everybody's problems seriously. Um, express your concern. And then consider um, the seriousness of the situation. Don't be afraid to ask or direct questions like, are you considering killing yourself? Um, You know, a lot of people are concerned about that statement because they think that they're subplanting an idea. And please don't consider that because in my experience, last 16 years working with kids, and the research says that um, that doesn't happen that way. that kids think the, the way they do, and you showing concern is more important than how that, um, that idea got in their head. And, um, and when, you're, when you are considering helping someone, if you're, um, please be thankful, thankful of the resources we have in our community, but we have to utilize them. Um, so here are the last helpful comments I want to share. Showing concern, taking action, and empathizing with their situation is important. Unhelpful comments are things like minimizing the situation or denying their feelings. And um, after the disclosure, after you get them the help they need, um, which some of those things might look a little different depending on the situation, but please consider the crisis center. Please consider a school counselor. Please consider a professional community, a therapist, a social worker. Please hand them off to somebody that can really move forward with that. Um, And if all else fails, um, get them some medical attention. Um, After the disclosure, after you've walked this walk, take good care of yourself. Find yourself someone to talk to and continue to be supportive and realize that it might take some time to mend that friendship or that relationship, but ultimately, um, the idea is that you're going to help that person through their struggles. All right, our next song is Crystallized by the XX. Hi, this is Caroline Wasik, and this is Art on the Airwaves. So Life Art does a lot of graffiti-style art, and Adrian, would you kind of describe to our listeners um, the difference between graffiti and tagging? I'd say that there's a pretty thick line between, you know, graffiti and just leaving a tag. And it's overall just a factor of, you know, some people want to leave their mark and not in a negative way, but it just happens to be like that because they may not have a space to kind of express their artwork the way they want to. While tagging and bombing may just be seen as someone saying, hey, I want to kind of destroy this property, you know, just like leave a mark, just negative kind of vibe towards this property. And it's just kind of a destructive factor on tagging. And people do find graffiti as destructive, and it kind of has like a stigma to it. Would you say so? Yeah, I think that our our community, you know, I I learned this from experience working with youth in that here's how 
when those kids were tagging or graffiti in the back, I, that actually I called it tagging at the time, and they quickly corrected my perspective. Graffiti is the artistic expression of telling a story through their art. And what I learned about these kids, these boys, is that the graffiti has a very real meaning behind it. And so I actually encourage the graffiti art through canvas, redirecting it to uh, actually a board, um, panels. If you came to our gallery at 312 Middleford Alley, you'd see a graffiti wall that we built. And it, it's, on, it's on wheels, and we roll it out, and the kids have the opportunity to um, kind of put a blank panel on there and express themselves. So there is a significant difference between graffiti art and tagging. And, you know, I think, you know, I think art in itself um, speaks volumes. And so I'm going to ask Jillian here this question, Caroline, if you don't mind. I'm going to ask Jillian to explain the project she's working on right now because she's, I saw this art kind of um, start from an idea and now she's working on her third piece in this series. Jillian, can you describe it, please? Yeah. Um, so basically, I'm working on a series of paintings. And so the main focus is escapes of reality. Now, not all of them are good escapes. Most of them are, in fact, bad ways. So my first project, it just started as an idea. And it was just like a blank canvas. And so I spray painted it. And then I just started sketching out some ideas and it ended up being like a mouth with some pills around it and inside of it, basically showing that some people pop pills to get out of their mind and get away from their problems. And then that kind of got me started on the whole idea of making a series. So my next project, I did a really detailed Jack Daniels bottle that I put about 12, 13 hours into and just kind of showing alcoholism. And so I'm planning on doing like eight or so pieces just based on the whole bad escapes of reality. And yeah. So overall, Julian, you do kind of go over a broad range of abuses. So as a whole, what do you, what is the message you're hoping to convey with this concentration? Um, Gosh, I don't know. Kind of just, uh, I don't know. Would you say kind of exposure to these problems that people may have? Yeah, kind of... definitely that a lot of people don't really realize that others struggle with all of these things that are out there. And a lot of people don't really get that there's a deeper problem behind the escapes that they're using. So for our listeners... If you came to the gallery, the Life Art Gallery, you'd see hundreds of pieces of art on our walls. And part of, I think, the the genuine expression of art for these young people is that we don't, um, we don't limit their expression. If you came, you'd see this art in a really raw manner. And everybody's in a different place. Uh, they're, they're all emerging artists. And so some of the art is really deep. Some of it's funny. Some of it's lighthearted. Um, please come check out the art. I, I think I, you would be impressed, as I am, about how genuine these kids are in expressing themselves. 
So the, all the art pieces are for sale at Life Art. And Adrian, will you explain the con? Well, basically, um, so kids may sell their artwork, and 20% of their total goes back to buying more art supplies, which is kind of a way of recycling this money in a way to help the kids out more and more. And it's kind of a cycle, you know? And I think selling art is a really, really big factor on helping kids out wanting to become artists or become further in this career field. And I think it's just really seeing how... Because once someone completes a painting, I mean, obviously they're attached to it, but it's a really good feeling seeing that someone else is just as attached to that piece that you put so much time into, and they, they value it enough to pay money for it. And it's also good to know that, you know, that piece is probably in their bathroom right now or in their kitchen, <laughs> wherever they may want to put it, a restaurant. And it's just really like a positive feeling for both sides of the story. Carla, you've sold a lot of art. How did it feel selling your very first piece? Um, it was crazy. Like, it was just, I never imagined like someone wanting to buy my piece. Like, I was like, are you seriously? Like, you want to buy this? Like, why? Why do you want to buy this? And first it was hard because like Adrian said, you're attached to that painting. Like, you're just attached to it. And it was super hard, but they, like, as I talked to my, like, I, when we make a painting, we talk about our painting and why is the reason why we painted our art or what is the meaning behind it. So when I talk to other people about what my paintings mean, they get more attached to my paintings, and it's nice to have that one-on-one talk with someone else and enjoy the art that I May so it's a great experience and yeah. How about you, Jillian? Um, gosh, I really just a lot of people will see art that's for sale around and they're like, "Gosh, I like that, but it's just so expensive." But one of the things that they don't really think about it is everything that's put into it. They just see this pretty picture that someone made. But what really goes into it is just hours and hours of working, frustration, possibly anger, and just, like, everything that's in them just spilt out onto this canvas. And it's, like, several hours of just absolute concentration and work that people don't really realize. Um, What advice do you give inspiring young artists? I want to ask all of you this. I'd say that just to keep pushing through and that, you know, I mean, I know I was pretty hopeless with my art because I I always thought to myself that I wouldn't really get anywhere and that my art wouldn't actually be, like, out there as much as it is now. And one advice I'd really have to give is just to really push forward and just keep doing what you love to do. And just pretty soon, you know, you'll be able to make something you love doing out of it. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with Adrian. Um, A lot of people, they'll make little doodles and they enjoy making art, but they're like, oh, I can't even draw a basic stick figure. Well, they can, but it definitely takes a lot of time. You got to be patient with it and just keep going. And I mean, with me, I definitely started at the bottom, but I've come a long way and it's opened up a lot of paths for me. So I just say, keep working and keep going at it. Um, So advice that I would give is, Generally, just be yourself and express, like, however you feel. Like, I 
I never thought of myself of being a really good artist. So it all takes practice and it all takes time, like Junior said. Um, and there's also many ways of art. There's poetry, there's dancing, there's just different ways that we can all express our feelings. So I would just say be yourself and do what you love. As an artist as well, I would say be true to yourself and honestly not care what other people think. You know, what appeals to you might not appeal to everybody, but we're all different. We're all individuals. So as our last question, how do we get involved with Life Art? What are the hours? Um, we are actually open Fridays and Saturdays. Fridays, it's 3 to 8, and Saturdays, it's 12 to 5. And also throughout these hours, you may reach us at our phone number, which is area code 541 Five zero zero one two seven three, and again that's five four one five zero zero one two seven three. The gallery is at three one two Middleford Alley, downtown Medford, right next to Jackson Creek Pizza uh, and Terra Firma. So we invite the community to come down, check out the space. Tomorrow Saturday, uh, we will be there from twelve noon to five. Um, come meet some of the kids. Uh, come eat. Come see the art. Um, come see the value of our community supporting young people's voice, self-expression. Um, and, I, you know, now that I have the opportunity, I'd like to thank uh, a couple of community partners that have really supported us from the very beginning. And the first is is Central Art Supply. The, uh, the owners, Dan and Ann Ebert, have been fantastic supporting our efforts. Since the program was in the Ortega House on Sundays, they gave us uh, opportunity to um, create an account and build our reputation and our credit with their store. Uh, a heartfelt thank you to them. Um, the other is United Way. United Way helped us from the very beginning, Deanne Everson. If you guys know Deanne Everson, let her know. Phil Ortega and Life Art truly appreciate her support from the very beginning. Um, the Health and Human Services Department here in Jackson County, um, Michelle Morales and Mark Orndorf have been wonderful to work with. Um, and the last uh, uh, kind of thank you, our gallery would not have been possible by the support of South Stage Sellers, the Moore family, and Portia. They throw an event on every year called the Rising Stars event. And uh, last year, Life Art was honored to be the recipient of the proceeds from the show. And for five weeks, the kids went out there displayed art, uh, read poetry, had conversations, and all the revenues went to supporting Life Art, which is a reason we have a downtown spot. Um, and uh, we would not be in the place we are today helping youth, of which we serve today over 150 kids a month come to the center, and thousands are impacted by our murals, by the groups we run in five schools, and, uh, you know, the program is emerging. It's raw. It's real. We would ask uh, our community, that our listeners out there that support the arts, please come down, check out the space, ask how you can get involved and or um, make a donation. And all your donations go to supporting art supplies for our community. Come down tonight because it's third Friday, our walk in Medford, and we'll be open from 530 to 8. And Carla has a poem that she's written that she'd like to share for you. Um, so my poem is called um, Enough is Enough. Have you ever stopped and think how others feel when one is being called names? Stupid, lame, gay, ugly. These are some of the words that kids are called at least once a day. 
When it comes to being called names and bad feelings, we have the tendency to bottle it all up and not speak about it because we feel like holding things in is better than being called a wimp. I hate seeing kids suff- suffocate in the darkness of life, the same darkness, darkness not only I suffer from, but many kids go through every day. This, the same kids could day by day fight to see the light one more day, hoping for a better tomorrow. So, when is enough enough? Thank you, Carla. And I'd like to thank, once again, Phil Ortega, Adrian, Jillian, and Carla. And we hope to see all of you down at Life Art. Once again, the address is 312 Milford Alley in Medford. And this is Caroline Wasik filling in for Cammie Davis. And this is Art on the Airways. Thanks for listening.